This time, we're taking a look at the cloning blockbuster, The Sixth Day. And along the way, we ask, why is smoking illegal in this future? Would you clone a deceased pet just to make yourself feel better? And just how self-referential can Arnold Schwarzenegger get? We just want our life back on this edition of Force-Fed Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Force-Fed Sci-Fi Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Rupp, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Agent Sean Michael Culp. Yes. <laughs> yes. And... Once again, joining us, our friendly producer and friend, the original Jeremy Kesky. Oh. <laughs> no, not a clone last time we checked. No. <laughs> check his eyes. Check his eyes. Check for the, for the dots. dots. The dots. Uh, Look at the dots. Look at the dots. <laughs> so, yes, as mentioned at the top of the show, we are discussing the blockbuster, quote unquote, from the year 2000, the sixth day. So just a quick plot synopsis. So Adam Gibson is a normal family man and businessman until he comes home one day and discovers that a clone of himself has taken over his life. And upon this discovery, he dives deep into a world of technology and conspiracies that will threaten to unravel his or his clone's entire life. Ooh. But uh, <laughs> I was surprised at actually how deep this movie got. Yeah. I upon viewing the reviews prior to watching it, it sounded like it was gonna be schlock. But now it's pretty decent. Talking about cloning and morals and ethics. That's something that was totally unexpected. Right. So Six Day was directed by Roger Spottiswood, who What a name. What <laughs> what a name. That's a great uh <laughs> British Canadian name is Good what that is. God. <laughs> he doesn't have a ton of too many big credits to his name, but he did direct um the Tom Hanks cop film Turner and Hooch. Okay. It's actually a pretty enjoyable film and with the dog. Yeah. Okay. Big old uh, dog that just ruins Tom Hanks's perfect life until he learns to love dogs. <laughs> that and, was was that like the 80s Tom Hanks where he did the, like that the big house one? Yeah, 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 Splash. P splash, the Money Pit. Bef before he got serious and won every Academy Award ever made. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Turner Hooch. He also directed uh, the James Bond film Tomorrow Never Dies, which uh, came out several years before The Sixth Day. That was a decent one, in, I think. Yeah, I believe so. It's, it wasn't going to blow anybody away, but it's a James Bond film. It's going to put butts in seats. Uh, and also starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as the main character, Adam Gibson. Yes. the In the midst of, uh, what do we call it, pre-governator? Yeah, I also call this his uh, waiting for another Terminator period. <laughs> yeah, before yeah before T3, because yeah, it was in development hell But it seems 90s. like he's continually stuck in this cycle of waiting for a new Terminator film. Hey, man, he'll take that, he'll take that pay. Did you notice that he was still jacked in this film? Yeah. Still jacked. He's always jacked. Well, not anymore, but yeah, he was jacked in this, man. He was in his, like, what, late 40s, 50s in this? He's in his uh, late 70s now, so he was uh, he was relatively old when he did this. Mm -hmm. But he always gets unnecessarily jacked for every role he's in. <laughs> yeah, he set the standard for the action man. Like, I get why he's jacked in Terminator. I get why he's jacked in uh, Predator. But then he does a film like Kindergarten Cop, and he walks in with eight-pack abs and biceps for days. Like, you're you're not going to impress kindergartners with that. <laughs> what are you saying? You want to see Arnold just get fat? Just no, I want to see. I want to see regular. I want to see regular-bodied Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're never gonna. He's now in his seventies. He still has guns. But that's kind of what made uh, Kindergarten Cop funny. Yeah, it's not the tumor. No, I just love when he's yelling at the room full of kindergartners to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is in this film? Mike or, uh, Michael uh, Rapport? Michael Ra Rappaport. Rappaport? <laughs> Whatever the hell that guy is. <laughs> yeah, he plays um, Hank Morgan, uh, Adam's business partner in the film. And I, I just cannot get over new york accent and whatever he's in <laughs> it's just who he is it's a it, maybe it's a character choice i think is he's just like listen you cast me in this film this is my accent i'm not doing anything else all right <laughs> i'm the guy from brooklyn 
But he looks like choice number one if they ever made a biopic about Brian Scalabrini. (laughs) (laughs) He looks just like him. Well, back in 2000, yes. Now, not so much. But we've also got Tony Goldwyn as Michael Drucker. Uh, Michael uh, Rucker. Yeah. Drucker is his name. No, no, no. But then Michael Rucker's in this film, too. But, the uh, man uh, from uh, that Marvel film, right? Uh, yeah, he was Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. Uh, on uh, The Walking Dead for several seasons. We've also got uh, Terry Crews <laughs> in his filmmaking debut, which uh, I fully expected him to do Terry Crews things and just be funny. Completely forgot he was in this film, and then he's totally serious and yep. straightforward henchman. I think he's the only henchman who doesn't Die. get killed multiple times. Yep. And then uh, rounding out the cast is the, uh, I would say, the legendary Robert Duvall. Yes. Who was a big shocker. I didn't research anything going into this. So seeing him, I was like, what? Robert? <laughs> it was kind of, it wasn't off-putting, but it was just shocking that a man with such clout to who he is as an actor was in this, you know, action sci-fi film. I personally wanted more of him in the film, but at oh, the time, yeah. I think he was... He just feels too prestigious to be in this movie. Yeah, he definitely is the best actor, I think, in the entire film, for sure. He's clearly acting for a different film. Yeah, yeah, his scenes were always so tender between him and his wife. Yeah, I kind of thought that it didn't match the film sometimes. No, no, you're watching it like, oh, this is like a drama, emotional piece, then to Arnold, get away, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, especially in the scene where um, Dr. Weir confronts Drucker in his office and Duval is just playing it so emotionally charged and straightforward and Tony Goldwyn is just like, well, I'm a businessman. I'm going to play this dispassionately. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, Tony Goldwyn, I would say, is a pretty solid evil businessman. Yeah, he does that pretty well. I mean, he uh, I don't, have you seen Ghost? With no. Patrick Swayze, he's he's kind of the bad guy in that. He's the one who orchestrated Patrick Swayze's uh, murder in that film, and uh, he ultimately gets his at the end, which is very satisfying to watch. Well, thanks for spoiling the film. I'm not spoiling anything. You should still see Ghost. It's a great movie. <laughs> is there dancing in Ghost? No, you're mixing that up with Dirty Dancing. Oh, I, I always great mix Patrick the, Swayze movie. I always mix like that era of Ghost, Footloose, and Dirty Dancing as one film. No, Ghost is the one with the clay making scene. Clay making. Yeah, scene. and the uh, the Righteous Brothers is playing in the background. <laughs> Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze are getting their getting their clay clay on. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, made on a pretty big budget of $82 million, and I saw that Schwarzenegger actually got $25 million to be in this film. <laughs> he made up over 33% of it's the like, budget. It's like, we can't afford anyone else. <laughs> Anything else in this film is just extra. <laughs> That's why the special effects are so crappy. <laughs> well, he does say in his autobiography he wanted to be the highest paid movie star when he became one. I want to make the most out of anyone. But when you look at the movies he was paid that high price tag for, it was like, they are not good. I think <laughs> it's this one and Batman and Robin are the ones he got a $20 million payday for. Yeah. Like, really? You got your money for those movies? <laughs> we all know how Batman and Robin turned out. Hey, man, he's still a multi-millionaire and oh, what's the oh, government? I don't blame him for taking the money and running, but <laughs> still, those movies? <laughs> Yes, those movies, Chris. Well, and they couldn't afford any to shoot anywhere else because they shot the movie in Canada. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do L.A. Nope, J.K. It's Can't all- afford it. <laughs> we need mountains. There's there aren't a lot of places where there's mountains 15 minutes away. That's hilarious. Canada, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Canada, if you're listening, Jeremy, sorry. Prove us wrong. <laughs> I apologize for my hosts. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually saw this too. Uh, Roger Spottiswood actually turned down the chance to direct the next James Bond film in order to direct this film. <laughs> Me personally, I would have gone with the next James Bond film. <laughs> what was the next one? It was going to be The World Is Not Enough. That's okay. right. Yeah, and then that. It's not Pierce Brosnan's fault that those that they got weird after Tomorrow Never Dies, but they got weird. <laughs> And actually, I read this up too. Uh, Schwarzenegger didn't want to pose with a gun for the marketing of the film. Hence why there's the the movie poster of him 
with the machine in front of his eyes. Hmm. Maybe he wanted to like try to diversify himself with sci-fi. Well, I could see that you know his character isn't you know a cop or anything, not law enforcement. So why would he be holding a gun then? Oh, because he starts shooting weapons right? well yes in the movie he does <laughs> the last 30 minutes yeah he gets pretty comfortable using guns about 30 minutes in that was something while watching i'm like this guy what does he do as a career flies choppers and just annihilates people like nothing yeah he's a charter pilot apparently he's also an army veteran for apparently after serving in the rainforest war <laughs> a crappy carpenter <laughs> apparently. yeah and uh, apparently he makes enough money to own a 1950s Cadillac. Hey, whatever job he was working, I want that job. I'm just confused about when this movie takes place because it doesn't explicitly mention that. And we get those two weird, weird title cards at the beginning of the film, like mm-hmm. the the not-so-distant future, and it says, sooner than you think. Yeah, what does that even mean? Is it, it's, it's, it's tipping its hand to the audience. Like, don't do that. Come on. Well... Yeah, I guess, because cloning was going on in the late 90s throughout present time, so maybe it was, you know, alluding to that. I don't I I always like it when films say the not-too-distant future, because I think the first (laughs) X-Men film did that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the not-too-distant future, but they didn't put a a stamp on when that is. Maybe they didn't know. Well, yeah, and then in this film it says, oh, the not-too-distant future, sooner than you think, like we... Already, you just said that. Well, then give us a year then. Yeah, right. right. D- didn't you say Arnold says it in like the interviews? Yeah, in one of the behind the scenes documentary, he says this movie takes place in 2015. Okay. In Canada. Yeah. Because Canada is cloning. <laughs> <laughs> Canada is just like the, 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 the birthplace of cloning. They're technology. worlds ahead of everything. Again, Canada. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they, thanks for cloning. <laughs> There's some technology actually that the film gets right in, in when predicting for 2015. Um, there are smart refrigerators that measure your food levels. It lets you order groceries at the touch of a button. I think that's really cool. Uh, the smart mirrors, especially in Adam's bathroom, when it te- uh, tells him his schedule, his appointments, the weather for the day. That's neat. I like that also self-driving cars courtesy of onstar well in the movie i mean onstar hasn't developed that no (laughs) we're we're still a bit uh some time away from self-driving well and i don't think onstar is the one that's going to develop that no you don't think so not onstar (laughs) well there's weird technology in it as well as like 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 what (laughs) the odd flavored food like who wants a nacho flavored banana (laughs) I mean, Who's asking for that? Dude, no one thought uh, Flamin' Hots was going to be a thing, and look at that. Now they are. Yeah, but I, I'm not a fan of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I just like regular Cheetos. All right, well, don't you remember a like, couple years ago when Lay's was doing like that send-in-your-own-flavor recipe, and there was like the craziest-tasting chips, like Thanksgiving-tasting chips? That Sean, that's, that's all a marketing stunt. No, no, it was real. You could buy those No, chips. I know, but then... People are like, oh, yeah, Lay's. The, the, that's on my mind now. I got to go buy Lay's. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's- are, are any of those weird flavors out and still they could relevant? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I haven't been to the supermarket in a while. Okay. Well, that's one thing to do it in a potato chip, but when you're doing it in a banana. Well, have you ever tried a Dorito flavored banana? No. That's right. Because so I don't, don't know. No. Maybe it's an untapped potential. Yeah, but I want a banana to taste like a banana, not like nacho cheese. <laughs> well, maybe you got to try a nacho cheese no, banana. No. I just awaken. want a banana. Like, I don't want to bite into an apple, like, hey, this tastes like Chris, barbecue ribs. I'm sure people years ago said French fries are only good in ketchup. And Guess what? Then they dipped it in cheese and bada boom, bada bang. Chocolate and peanut butter. Actually, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm actually going to suggest French fries and ranch dressing. I agree with that. All right, that's too far. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see how it is. Dude, we live in the Midwest. Like The reason why we have such fat cheeks is we store our extra ranch dressing up there. What the crap is wrong with I you? Would, ranch <laughs> dressing is amazing. I thought we were just angry in the Midwest. Well, that too, I mean. All right. Have you ever, have you ever tried uh, Lay's chips and clam chowder? No. I just did that, and it was kind of crappy. Well, do they make clam chowder Lay's? I mean. <laughs> no. 
So anyways, back to the movie. <laughs> I do think that um, the aircraft that uh, Adam and Hank fly in was actually pretty cool, but I think the thick blades would make it impractical for for how they're designed. Anywhere, yeah. And then at the end, it just starts flying around like a plane anyways. I think using one of those uh, Harrier jump jets would have looked just as cool. But it's like, no, this is the future. It's 2015. We've obviously, will have developed this technology to go from helicopter to fixed wing flight in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Uh, still still waiting, <laughs> Boeing. Get on that. Still waiting for flying cars, too. <laughs> I thought the design of it was kind of cool, even though it's impractical. But then the the CGI for it didn't really impress me that much. No, this seems a lot like... Um, CGI that we saw in A Sound of Thunder and Lost in Space, where <laughs> looks like it was done on like PlayStation One capabilities. I don't know if it was as bad as A Sound of Thunder. Sound of Thunder. No, I, I should say A Sound of Fraudulent Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was that was probably the worst yeah. I've ever seen in my life. I think the mo- the most prominent technology, obviously, in the film is cloning. Yeah, and they mentioned the Dolly experiment right away it's the first title card we see pretty much yeah and that was a real thing we cloned a sheep i actually looked a bit um looked looked up the dolly experiment because it actually is pretty interesting once you scratch the surface on it and cloning's a lot like artificial intelligence where there's no clear roadmap as to how we would go about it but we certainly know more about cloning now than we did back in the late 90s and 2000s um but Dolly was actually born in 1996 as part of a project from the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, but her existence wasn't announced until 1997. Oh. So they wanted to make sure that she was healthy and had no defects and still yeah. was able to keep going. Oh, yeah. No one would want to be, look at our clone. <laughs> He's like, ah, well, it was, well, it was a clone. <laughs> but she was cloned from part of a adult sheep's mammary glands, and the scientists have remarked that the name Dolly was a tribute to the legendarily large bosom singer Dolly Parton. The legendary <laughs> large bosom. Have you huh? seen a picture of Dolly Parton? Are you seeing the Dolly Parton challenge going around? I mean What's what? The, what's what's the challenge? Where you post four different pictures. One is like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Tinder. Like what, oh, I've seen pictures. that. I didn't know that's what it was. They're calling to. it the Dolly Parton challenge because she was the first one who came up with that. Right, so Dolly the sheep. She was cloned from an adult cell, which is the first animal to be cloned in this manner. And unfortunately, Dolly was euthanized in 2003 due to a severe lung disease and arthritis. But the scientists uh, later determined that her death was not due to her being a clone because there were a lot of questions came out. Well, since she was cloned from an adult sheep, maybe... You know, her cells were actually six years old as opposed to being a newborn sheep. But really, she died of a lung disease. It's very common among sheep and actually others in her herd died of the same disease. So I think she just died from the conditions she was living in and just, you know, being a sheep. Chris's hot take. (laughs) But her legacy continues to go on almost 20 years after she died. Yeah. I mean, Chinese labs are reporting a 70 to 80% success rate in cloning pigs. And as of 2016, there were four identical clones of Dolly who were still alive and healthy at nine years old. I mean, granted, this information at this point is almost four years old, but that's still promising news. It's And didn't China create monkeys too, like January of last year, at least according to the wikis? Yeah, the, the first primates were That's pretty crazy. Cloned. Interesting. Right? I think... Cloning is more going to be used like we saw in Jurassic Park, though. Maybe not cloning dinosaurs because we've actually, science has proven that that can't happen. But I think using cloning to bring back endangered, threatened, or even extinct species is going to be the roadmap that's like, oh, cloning, let's get on board with it. And I want a Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> it's not solve. scientifically possible, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> He'll solve the population problem for sure. <laughs> what? But would you want a human baby, like cloned? I think it would just be weird, right? Yeah, like playing God. Well, I think the the cloning we see in the film is what we could potentially see happen with cloning in the future. We could see organs being cloned. 
Because right now there's an organ donor list that's miles and miles long. People die on that list waiting for organs. I think that's going to be an industry that's, I don't want to say industry, that's going to be a field that's impacted right away is medical research. I don't think they would let it happen. Come on. You think that they'd let people clone and like let people survive? Well, yeah. You have that much faith in like. Well, he's he's talking about cloning organs, not yeah. not the full human. I know, but like using organs to like save people. You think like the pharmaceutical companies would allow that to happen? You'd still obviously charge people for That's the what organs. I mean. So like, still, rich like people could get lungs and hearts, but you but I still like, think it would happen. Yeah, it probably would, but it, I don't think we. I would well, see that law. <laughs> well, it's moral and ethical quandaries. Like, are you going to hinder this discovery and progress for the sake of a bottom line? Because there are million, probably millions of people who are on the organ donor list, and they, mm-hmm. like I said, they die waiting for organs on this list. I mean, how can you, as the head of a pharmaceutical company, be okay with that if you have that technology available. Oh, they're okay with it. Dar- well, Darwinism, maybe. It's <laughs> not even Darwinism. It's corporate greed is what it is. <laughs> and really, uh, the the growing of organs, I think it, the discussion is more shifted to stem cells now as opposed to, to cloning. So a little bit of a difference there, but kind of the same research area. I did see that many scientists on who were on the Dolly uh, Project think that that cloning is going to benefit stem cell research the most. Hmm. I don't know much about stem cell. All I know is in South Park, I think like Michael J. Fox was like eating babies to like stay alive or something. (laughs) So that's like my knowledge of stem cell. (laughs) Well, I think that the the groundwork for this is going to be from uh, a woman by the name of Henrietta Lacks. So she, she died from a, a very aggressive ovarian cancer in the fifties that, john hopkins hospital in baltimore and her cells have stayed alive ever since and they've been used for the basis of years decades of of medical research because her cells have been replicating in bacteria cultures for almost 100 years at this point so i think that's going to be really the start i do recommend reading a book called the immortal life of henrietta Lacks because it actually goes into this subject in greater detail than i can summarize but i think that that could be a blueprint for going from cloning they should just clone her now (laughs) if this technology were available they could they probably have enough genetic material to work on bring her back man bring her back but the the consensus is though you do need some type of genetic starting point if you are going to do this that would be crazy like cloning a bunch of people's cells that uh like hiv and all that like finding someone whose blood you know, doesn't react to it, and then figuring out a way to, like, transfuse that into people that have it. Well, that's probably how they're going to try and cure HIV, is they have to start from somewhere. They have to start with somebody who has the virus but is immune to it. They're they're a carrier, but they're not affected by the symptoms, and that's how they work to develop, um, develop a cure for it. It's like when you're developing a vaccine, you have to start with the disease itself. No, Chris. Vaccines are fake. I don't believe in them. You're just saying that to get a reaction. <laughs> you aren't saying that because you actually believe it. I had to give out vaccines all weekend at drill. It was a lot of fun. No, the the, the British doctor actually uh, proposed that vac- vaccines cause autism. Andrew Wakefield. He's actually lost his medical license in the UK, and he's, no, he admitted to uh, he he admitted to uh, fudging his research. He's a brilliant man. Shut up! I know you're just saying this because you want to be you want to be a contrarian. You you mean you don't know people that don't believe in vaccines? Well, I don't I don't associate with those people because quite frankly they're wrong. <laughs> See, do you just say when they talk to you like vaccines wrong. do not cause autism? They don't. Full stop. Jeremy Jeremy has a child. I, Jeremy, can you please weigh in on the whole vaccines <laughs> thing, please? As somebody in this room who actually has a child. Yeah, there there are uh, plenty of studies out there that have proven that wrong. Uh, yeah, I I don't know why people still believe it. Uh, it's it's baffling uh, amongst the the medical medical employees out there. We really don't know why people re- still believe this. It's it's crazy. You just got to try the lavender oils. 
just drink essential oils, Jeremy. That's another that's, cottage industry that is just full of crap. That's all, that's all you need. All right, so cloning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with that hot take. But could we see cloning like this that we see in the sixth day? Because oh, they turn cloning into a cottage industry revolving around pets. Yeah, I how did so I didn't like the idea of like what was it replace a pet or repet is what repet. they call it. I feel like when your pet dies, as much as it sucks, like losing someone or something, um, you know, it, I think the letting go process and death being part of life is, you know, kind of what helps make life seem more precious to us. But if you could just get that same pet again, I don't know, that would that'd just be, I get why you want to grow old with them, but you got to let it go. Like who wants a dog, the same dog for like 100 years? I don't know. I've never had a dog. So, I mean, you have one. Would you want, like, you know, God forbid your dog's going to die one day, but would you want to keep, like, repetting it every 10 years just to bring it back? Well, it's the inevitability that you're faced with when you do adopt a pet, any pet, really. And I think an industry like this, like, oh, clone your pet upon death, It all it does, it's preying on people's sorrow and misery. And the sheer knowledge that that's an industry that does that i'm already against that it's it's like one of those ambulance chaser lawyers that show up in your emergency room hey i saw you were in an accident do you need a lawyer you want to sue somebody like you're preying on someone's suffering for the sake of your job and i'm already not a fan of an industry like that and and if your pet lived a full rich life if your dog lived for 15 years, A, that's already some kind of record because awesome. like, dogs don't live that long, typically. Same thing with a cat. If you have a cat that lives for 20 years, the only thing that's going to beat that is either a tortoise or a tree. And However, if it's a dog that dies suddenly, like it's, not, it's barely out of puppy age or it's only a year or two old, then I could see cloning it. But again, it's a very unique situation that has to happen. I think cloning a pet after it's lived a full life, it's not fair to you or even your family. If it's if it's your child's pet that dies and the pet lived a very full life, very rich life, very happy life, yeah, you're you're just gonna set yourself up for the exact same cycle when that clone pet dies. Well, and it's you know it's a good teacher to children. You know, it sucks as a teacher, but surprise, you're going to die. But I mean, you know, they get to learn at an early age. That's know? how I learned about death. My, Absolutely. My, my dog as a child was put to sleep when I was six years old, and I didn't understand the phrase put to sleep. I, I actually thought my dog was sleeping out in the car, and I thought, like, well, let's just go wake her up then. And I was six. I didn't know. I bawled my eyes out for the next two hours when I found out that my dog wasn't coming back from the vet. But it's an important lesson for kids to learn, too. Like, listen, death is a very natural part of life. And, you know, if your dog's very sick, my dog is a kid, super sick. She had a tumor from her snout to the back of her head. Oh, and she was coughing up blood. And a surgery, if we did have surgery on her, probably would have killed her anyway. Yeah. And it's not fair to the pet to keep her around. No. My girlfriend, uh, her dog, little doggy Osito was like 17 almost 17 and we had to put him down a couple months ago and that's a long time for a dog and right you know I asked that her, dog's old enough to drive oh yeah. <laughs> pretty much and it was basically her dog from Mexico and um, I asked her after watching this film would you want to like reclone little Osito you know and bring him back she's like no I just want to like let him go and get something new. Like that's the enjoyment of getting a different pet to form a new relationship and figure yeah. it out. A new pet helps kind. you heal after the death of the old one. Absolutely, as opposed to just like dredging all that up again. You're just you're just pressing repeat on the cycle that's going to happen again. Absolutely. I mean, it's a nice way to avoid death as like the you know our the enemy, the villain in the film said, you know, I can solve the problem of death by just recloning people. But I think that's just more of a problem not being okay with, you know, the finite amount of time that we have on this planet. I think it's part of this super moral society that this film is set in. Because I don't know if you caught it, but smoking is illegal in this time frame. 
Yeah, it's not as super moral as that one movie that uh, Wesley Snipes is in and uh, Demolition Man. Demolition Man, but it was still pretty moral. I couldn't believe. Well, even the law itself that bans cloning is called the Six Day Law, obviously referring to the Christian creation narrative. Um, but I, I just I got so not weirded out, but just confused by the events that are alluded to in this film. I mean, a woman is elected president in this timeline. Uh, maybe she was elected in 2012 because nobody had heard of Barack Obama at that point. <laughs> There's also a mention of a rainforest war. I mean, what were we fighting in the rainforest? It's almost over? burned down. <laughs> like, right? was it stopping the deforestation or to continue it? I mean, I'm inclined to think it was for stopping it given the pro-environment message in this film. But and didn't they just like clone agriculture? Couldn't they just clone a bunch of rainforest trees anyways? I don't know if you can clone tre- I don't know if you can clone trees. You could maybe clone a root system. Huh. I don't know. The most interesting part of this future though was that the XFL was still going strong. Dude, in t- in 2015. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about the XFL." <laughs> it's two seasons, yeah, right? Yeah, one season. It only lasted, we would last one, in season. one season. It's coming back this year. I mean, <laughs> it's making a comeback this year and then and by the way, that's a terrible quarterback name, Johnny Phoenix. <laughs> it's right. so terrible. <laughs> it's you... like it's like the scene from Shanghai Noon where Owen Wilson's character mentions his real name is Wyatt Earp, and Jackie Taylor's just like, "That's a terrible name for a cowboy." <laughs> what are you talking about? Johnny Phoenix is going to be the name of my next son. Johnny Phoenix. Be- <laughs> okay, well, let's see if you can get that one past Heidi, <laughs> dude. I love like how Johnny Phoenix and guys would like die with their broken necks and like. The uh, I call them Secret Service government. Be like, oh no, they're fine. They're breathing, and their head <laughs> <laughs> it's like flopping around. I do want to ask you this though: Are you going to watch the XFL when it comes back? I, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I remember it vaguely when it came out. I just remember the one guy because you could like put different names on the back of jerseys. I just remember <laughs> that one guy. He hate me. He hate me. Yeah, <laughs> I think he actually landed with the uh, the Carolina Panthers after the XFL ended. I do want to watch it. Just out of like, yeah. I hope it's I hope it's as badass as it was twenty years ago. Schlocky. Oh my god, <laughs> that was just something. It they was hated amazing. It. The NFL though. hated it too. I they, remember they... being in elementary school, and that was like the big thing. Everyone had XFL footballs because they had. The footballs were black. Yeah, it was. Did it have ties to the WWE? WWE. Well, yeah, it was. Dick Eversall and Vix McMahon created it. That's right, McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my! And then it was a boondog. It was like, no, it's not the right time. And then apparently, twenty years later, is the right time. It's the right time. (laughs) We'll see. I I don't think it's gonna make it. Well, was that the big three or whatever Ice Cube's basketball summer league for the retired? Well, fan that's NBA over players? now too. That's done. No, I thought it's still going on. No, no, they canceled I, it after. I'm pretty three sure years? it's done because I know last summer. Well, every time they try to start a new football league, it always goes under. Uh, there was the Alliance of American Football that came out last year, and then that folded. Uh, there was UFL, the United Football League, like 10 years ago. That folded. Um, the only real rival that the NFL has really seen in the last 30, 40 years was the USFL, but then Donald Trump killed it because he you know, it, was, it was a deal that was orchestrated and they sold it for a dollar and it was really bad. Dude, the big three still going on. Okay, It's well, going on. It's fourth I am proven year. wrong. Ice, awesome. Ice Cube, he just lowered the uh, entrance age to 22. Instead of twenty seven, well, because they need because <laughs> nobody's gonna players. pile into a stadium to see Tracy McGrady launch threes right. when he was done doing that ten years ago. Uh, to me, there are a lot of action sequences in this film that seem repetitive. Most of the scenes just end with Adam dispatching Drucker's assassins, and then those individuals being cloned in the lab, and then they're killed again. Yeah. We get three scenes like that. I think it was they're trying to go for the comedic effect rule of threes. And it kind of a little bit like it, it seemed repetitive just for that one line where the lady says, I don't know how many times I've been cloned. You know, there's it just a lot a little of repetitive. there's a lot of fat that could be trimmed from yeah. those scenes. I think the scenes to keep, obviously, are the police station scene with with Adam escaping and then the parking garage shootout. That's a good scene to keep. But the shootout with. 
Adam's old beat up Cadillac being run down by oh it's 2016 GMC SUV it's gonna run down the old school car yeah and they're driving all through town then the forest then off into the waterfall and then he's still hanging on to the fence they try to shoot it then he jumps with that it's just too long the best part of that scene is when they shoot the Simpal doll and throw the head out the window. Oh, my God. Simpal dolls. How did you feel about the dolls? That doll was so freaking creepy. Dude, I thought it was an act. I couldn't figure it out if it was real or an actor or like a good job animatronic. So weird. Will you be my mommy? No. <laughs> All the no's. I have a boo-boo. <laughs> they shot the doll. They shot they it twice. Shot the doll and then decapitated it. What's weird is that they throw its head out the window. I mean, what's what's that guy going to see when he sees, like, a doll head at the end of his driveway? I was wondering that, too. I'm like, so they threw the head out. So is the torso just sitting in the car riding along? Like, what's going on? That was, uh, I think that was my lens flare. I'm surprised Adam, when his daughter asked, can you give me a sim pal? I'm surprised he didn't go, no, this doll looks creepy. Put it back. <laughs> I know. That's- and that is, like, disturbing. I'm sorry, like, kids are great and all, but that's a stupid reason for, like, can I get a present on your birthday so you don't feel bad about, get, like, well, that you're the only one getting presents? Like, when you're Adam's age, like, you don't want presents for your birthday. You just I, want a dinner you don't have to make or pay for. Yeah, and he bought the doll for his kid on his own birthday. What yeah. a dad. Would you, wait until Cameron's older. We get, If we keep doing this podcast for, like, five years down the line, Cameron's, like, eight, I'll be like, Jeremy, so what does Cameron want? That you don't want to give him, and would you give it to him? I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I know if my kid asks for Legos, I'm gonna be like, no, because I'm probably gonna step on these things because you're gonna leave them all over the house. Because <laughs> I know that's exactly what I did as a child. That and put Legos in the oven. <laughs> you put Legos in. The I oven? put Legos in the oven as like a young child just to what see what the would happen. Crap is <laughs> I was like two when I did it. <laughs> What? Why is your parents allowing you to use the oven at two? On supervision? I'm like, what do you want me to say? It happened. <laughs> Cameron hasn't gotten into the oven, but we've found random objects in like the food drawers and yeah, yeah. He's leaving you presents. <laughs> Cameron, I just like climbed on stuff as a kid. Apparently, I was like on the countertops at two, and my mom almost had a heart attack. She like called our aunt. Elaine, like, what am I going to do with this child? I don't know what to do. Did take him back. Well, you did sleep in a closet. I did. I did sleep <laughs> in a closet. That's not a joke. He really did. I did. I did sleep in a closet. So if that sheds light on uh, my life, <laughs> who I am as a person. And I think I had duck wallpaper, like when I was three years old. It is like peeling an onion with you. Hey, man, here's the place to do it. So- the action I, scenes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Back to the movie. Back to the movie. <laughs> da, da, da. So, well, after the uh, trimming the fat, I mean, especially after that first sequence where we see Talia getting cloned and then turns out she's naked, they're, they're showing as much as they can whilst maintaining a PG-13 rating. That was my one thing that I wondered. So when they get cloned, they're naked. Right. Where do they get the clothes? Do they have like dresser drawers of like, here's the clothes you wore? They have to be if they work in like this high risk profession. I hope they get hazard pay or a bonus every time they get right? murdered and cloned. Or do they like what? Because I was wondering, I'm like, they're not, it's not like the Terminator where they just show up naked around town. Cause, and then they kill someone to get their clothes. <laughs> right? Because I'm like, how? how? That's kind of when I realized that Arnold, spoilers, was a clone. Because I'm like, how How do you get his clothes? You know? Do they have, like, copies of his clothes? Did he go home to get his clothes? He just woke up in the taxi with his leather mm-hmm. jacket, you know? I actually, the first time I ever watched it, which was a long time ago, I did not figure that out. Although, I guess I was a teenager still. So. I didn't either, but there's... I don't know. I don't think there's any sort of subtle hints as to like, oh, well, he's a clone. He's obviously a clone. Like, ugh, ugh. no, you have to like really. I don't know. I was just thinking about it when he woke up. I'm like, all right, th- he's definitely a clone. Well, it's not like with the Sixth Sense where there's subtle hints that Bruce Willis is a ghost throughout the film. We don't get any sort of no subtle yeah. like pinpricks that. Oh, by the way, this Adam that we're following throughout the film, he's a clone. Yeah, we never get that. 
I know it's it, it's not a big reveal until the end, right? The eyes. It, this is that's why the twist to me loses that effect. It's not really a twist. It's just like a huh. He was a clone. So do you think then the Adam that we followed through the film was the clone, or did they swap? And then the Adam that was in the house at the beginning was the clone, and then they just switched. No, it was proven that the Adam we've been following the whole time with the leather jacket, he's the clone. Well, how do you know that wasn't the one at the house and that they just switched in the helicopter, like clothes, and then that one came down? I don't think so. I mean- Too too deep? Too deep? You're you're, you're overthinking. You're you're implying that they learned- Maybe I was just giving this film too much credit because I watched it. I'm like, do you really think, Sean, that they swapped? Um, You're implying that they learned about each other's existence earlier in the film than we actually see it, and then they're just playing this massive shell game with everybody. Uh, Which, I I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I'm not going to give him too much credit for playing a shell game with his clone on everybody. <laughs> did you like the uh, how you could tell them? Like, wasn't that weird? What did they... I don't know if how they did that with the eyes. It's a subtle way of doing it. I mean, that or, may just be like sort of a brand or a tattoo that's done during the cloning process and they don't feel it right no i was talking like how they made it in the film if that was like an animatronic face where they pulled down the eyes or if like they put something in the actor's eyes because it looked kind of real yeah i think that was computer graphics could be i don't know the mysteries of movie making they got the old terminator (laughs) robot (laughs) and then put yeah because the sim pal cindy animatronic wasn't creepy enough We're going to double down on the animatronic creepiness on the audience. Dude, talk about creepy. Those clones, whatever, it was It was kind of creepy seeing them in the, like the little hubs of the tanks. That was just weird. And then when our main, the villain, comes back as an incomplete version of himself, nightmare fuel, man. They were just a gross-ass man. I think Drucker is more of a conniving villain than I initially gave him credit. Definitely. He he builds throughout the film. It's You really peel back how... I think good as the actor did because he really becomes like really freaking evil where you're like, oh my God, this guy is heartless. Well, he carefully plans for the Speaker of the House to be at that gala at the beginning of the film and then purposefully mentions a brain tumor in a child, knowing the Speaker of the House as a child with an inoperable brain tumor. And for the doctor, his wife... Uh, Robert Duvall's character, he keeps giving her the fibrosis, or what do you give her? Cystic fibrosis is part of like the genetic defect built into the the organ, into the into the clones themselves. Yeah, as as kind of like not a not blackmail, but insurance. Leverage, leverage. Yeah, insurance, just in case they don't do what he wants. You kill him off every five years. Well, even the way he dispassionately kills Doctor Weir, it's like he tells him his plan. It's very Bond villain esque. Like, yeah. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill you. But here's my plan to make you forget we ever had this conversation. Just heartless, man. I felt so bad for the doctor. I'm like, he's just trying to be a good guy. He tells Adam all of it. Because that scene where Robert Duvall meets Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, I'm like, oh, is he going to turn on him? You know, the big uh, betrayal. But no, he's just this nice guy that cares about his wife and just wants to do good for humanity. And he gets suckered in by this rich CEO. That's why I don't think Robert Duvall and his character really fit in this film a little bit. I don't know. No, maybe yeah. if they uh, if they cast J.K. Simmons prior to the height of his powers in that role, maybe it wouldn't. It, Robert Duvall wouldn't feel so out of place in is this it film because J.K.'s bald like Robert Duvall. He rocks. No, the J.K. Simmons is still a great actor, but at the time he wasn't nearly as prestigious as someone like Robert Duvall is. I can't think of him back then. All I can think about is his Spider-Man character. Yeah. Jonah I think James. he was bald back then, too. He's always been bald. Man, yeah. But I'm a J.K. Simmons fan anyway, so really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with J.K. Simmons appearing in as many movies as he wants to. All right, J.K., you've got Chris's <laughs> approval on this. <laughs> so you mentioned yours earlier, Sean, but Jeremy, did you have a lens flare? You kind of already touched on it. I, It's something that they didn't include or... The beginning, just that the fact that we didn't get a time frame on this. Right. You're just thrust into this world. Right. It was kind of the problem with, uh, what was that film? I Am Mother or whatever Mm -hmm. that we did. We were just like, what the heck is going on? We didn't do I Am Mother. Yes, we did. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know what I was thinking of? Sean, edit that out. (laughs) 
I was thinking of I Am Legend for some reason. Oh, with Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> totally different movie. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I Am Mother is pretty forgettable, Jerry. <laughs> so I understand. Hey. <laughs> My lens flare was the fact that Adam A was bothered by Adam B sleeping with his wife. I know. That was so funny. Well, it's not like it's really cheating or the fact that he's going to become a cuckold because it's the same <laughs> It's the same DNA. Like, what are you worried about? I mean, if really, I mean, you did sleep with your wife. It's just another you. Would you want a clone of you sleeping with your girlfriend? Probably not, but again, ah, cloning's not real. So there it is. Cloning, <laughs> cloning humans doesn't exist. I rest my case, though, because I was thinking about that drive. I'm like, how would I feel? I'm not a cuckold. <laughs> I love that word. Well, it's weird, too, because this whole anger seems out of place in that scene especially, considering that Adam just had comedic difficulties in it relaying what just happened to the computer police. All right. I like how he and then it's all angry. Up. It's like now I'm going to punch myself. <laughs> That's for sleeping with my wife. It's like Arr. you did. And then at the end of the film, he's like, "You are part of the family. We are your family." So and my brain's like, "Are you gonna bang his wife? Like tag tag in?" And then like, "Oh yes, you're part of the family, but you must leave for Argentina." <laughs> it, does he like? You go, cannot stay here. He opens up his own helicopter business. Yeah, and he just goes to Argentina like nothing's like I have to start my own life. My life as I know it is a lie because I am a clone. I think I would have been more satisfied with this film if uh, if one of the Adams had died in the end. Yeah, I, I know that's terrible to say, but no, but it's it's fair. I thought the same thing. I'm like, when is he gonna die? Oh, he never dies. Oh. <laughs> What a waste. You have like that long ending. It just doesn't end. Right. And then the ending you get is so unsatisfactory. I f- and I feel like it's so unfair with the other one because he, he says, thanks for letting me say goodbye to the family. Like, that's sad. Like, what? Yeah, he drops off a cat in addition to their clone dog. And it's like, oh, by the way, here's extra responsibilities as I'm heading out the door. All right. It just doesn't make sense. That is, the ending sucks. They, I feel like they just couldn't figure out a way to right. get this thing closed. I don't think they wanted to make it like sad. Well, it doesn't end on a whole sad note, but it still ends very we very strangely. Yes, yeah, I, that's true. I do have to say though, I loved Arnold acting with Arnold. <laughs> More faster. I'm trying. Oh, pull up. Oh, I love the scene where they're in uh, the charter the the charter business and they they burn a hole through the table and they both look at each other and go cool. <laughs> That's, that would have been. I love that. Come on, it's so stupid, but it's funny. It's so great. That's what I mean. But I didn't get the just the moment before they were disagreeing on something. Why were they disagreeing on something? They, they. It's like this is the exact amount I used in the rainforest war. <laughs> I totally forgot. About as soon as they mentioned that, I'm like, wait, 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 hold up. It's like earlier when uh, Hank is killed and his virtual girlfriend's like, oh, is Hank sleeping on the floor again? <laughs> Like, again? What, what do you mean again? What sad, pathetic life. That poor guy, Hank. It's just... Like, he, just get an internet porn addiction. <laughs> that, that was. That'd that be was, normal. That was so crazy. Why is she undoing my zipper? I could <laughs> feel it. I felt fingers on my <laughs> zipper. What the frick? I wish there was... Well, why best. wasn't Hank quicker to stop him? Like, no, 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 that's my chair. I know. I know. He was, like, almost enjoying it's it. Like, you don't want to sit in that chair. <laughs> Speaking of things dying, though... What was your red shirt, Sean? Ooh, my red shirt. It's got to be There's all- so many. Oh, man. Probably the uh, the chick. No, the guy that dies that the first time that ends up getting run over. Wiley? The yeah. first time he dies? He just keeps dying. And then, the, and then the villain shoots him. That's for shooting me in the stomach. It's like, oh, my God. We get it. You guys get reborn and you don't like him. He was definitely my most annoying character. Jeremy, what about you? I actually agree with that, especially the second time Wiley dies because oh, they, come on. they just brought that him was back. Mine. It was so stupid. <laughs> they keep killing him to kill him. <laughs> Arnold just goes up to him and cracks his neck. I know. I know. 
that's when I realized the film was going off the rails. I'm like, he can murder people now? Well, Michael Rooker is trying to convince the officers that Wiley's, though, he's knocked out. It's, his pulse is strong. Like, does his he really head- think he's going to pull a fast one on these trade police officers? His head's flopping around. It's just, no. That was your red shirt? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's it's fine. Uh, if, I, if, I had to, my, my, if I had to pick a backup red shirt, though, it'd probably be the first time uh, Talia is killed. I mean, because she's just a victim of friendly fire. Oh. And she's clearly the only, like, evil one in the group. And she's got the whole dead-eye stare going down and Arnold and, and Wiley is just an idiot. Yes, he is. This is just very tropey of like the henchman group. You have the leader, you have the one who's actually in it to do nefarious things, and then you have the stupid one. Yeah. And then you have Vincent, who apparently is the only one who's smart enough in this group not to go on any dangerous assignments. He's the muscle. It's yeah. Like, I don't want to be killed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the whole point, well, the first time they died was just to show the cloning. That's it. But then they just kept killing him. It's like, okay, okay, you're trying. Despite how many times they were cloning, I actually did enjoy all of the villains or protagonists. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought they all did a good job with their characters. Yeah, right. super entertaining and watchable. I never once in this film was I like, Ugh, I'm so bored. Stop talking. Well, let's discuss the legacy of the sixth day. All right. So while the film made up its budget with a gross of ninety six million dollars. It obviously wasn't a major success compared to its $82 million budget. Maybe if Arnold took a pay cut. So for context, the highest grossing film of 2000 was Mission Impossible 2 with almost $550 million. So the six day didn't even crack the top 10. That wasn't a great movie, though. No, it wasn't, but it was still capitalizing on the whole... Tom Cruise is pretty. This is true. Thing. Yeah, he he had the long hair in that one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This... uh, it came out, the the sixth day came out on November 17th, 2000. And I like doing this. The, actually, the, the Jim Carrey version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas came out that same weekend. So you had the option of seeing a family of film versus what seemed like Arnold Schwarzenegger doing like his, like on his last leg for a, a sci-fi blockbuster action film. Do you know which one I saw? You saw the, the, the Grinch, Grinch didn't you? <laughs> I did too. The I, I I did too. I saw it with my family. <laughs> it's around Christmas time too, so I I'd imagine that film would have been the favorite. Right, but it's weird too because Roger Ebert's review he gave the film three stars, and his entire review is just trashing the film. Yeah, he's lambasting it for typical Arnold action film, not deep enough. They just throw in little moments to try to seem woke. It's a three-star film that but, reads like a one-star film. To yeah. Like, w- what are you trying to say here? Do you want people to see it, or do you want people to stay home? Like, what's your objective here, Mr. <laughs> Ebert? We don't know. And Rotten Tomatoes, I think, gave it a forty-one uh, percent. Yeah, I think what, it's a bit. That. I think yeah. that's a bit unfair to the film. I think totally. time. This is one of those films where I think time has been kinder to. Yes. Well, you know, I th- I think why it got so destroyed is because of the whole problem with cloning back at that time. So I remember being in middle school and we talked about, you know, the morality of cloning and everyone was super scared about Dolly and everything. Whereas now, since science has progressed and we're a little bit softer on the idea, I think this if we could review this film in society, it would have a much higher score. I think if this film were remade, maybe not with Arnold and maybe kind of lean harder into the 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 layers that we see in this film, like what RoboCop did. Yeah, I think this would. I think a remake of this film would be much better received in today's. I, I could see that in today's climate, uh, where we're we're more embraceive of technology and science than we were even twenty years ago. Who would you cast in it, though, if you could? Well, you, obviously, you need like an established action hero. Maybe not somebody who's so hard into sci-fi like Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Maybe Bruce Willis would be good as uh, like a recasting of Adam Gibson. Maybe kind of soften up the obvious religious overtones a bit in the film as well. <laughs> well, th- to me, they weren't too bad, except well, at obviously the Adam, first man is Adam. Oh, that is true. That is, and then like the protests and everything, and then at the end when he's like, "I think cloning it should only be up to God, not our decision." That was a little out of left field for me. Right. I think Dwayne Johnson. That would be 
Yes. Totally different. I, I'm yes. actually kidding, Sean. I, I would. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Jason Statham. <laughs> it's the same character, basically. <laughs> no, I think somebody who is an established action star already or even up and coming i would even i wouldn't even mind matt damon in the main role matt damon <laughs> okay well having seen films like ford versus ferrari and the martian i i've come around to matt damon as a better actor than i gave him credit for so oh, i've always liked matt damon same yeah but then not chris but this film also got trashed on the razzie yeah arnold got like two nods right (laughs) nominated for best actor and best supporting actor for himself but he lost yeah he didn't win he lost to uh, battlefield earth (laughs) which i'm happy to say is on our list so we get to see because you made me put it in the list you jerk so when we we should watch back-to-back viewings and see which one's better i'm so excited no <laughs> I'm no. so pumped. It also received four nominations at the that year's Saturn Awards, but it didn't win either of those. So it's it's weird how the film is polarizing. And I think it I think like I said, twenty years later, I think we're definitely viewing it through a more softer lens. So let's rate the sixth day, shall we? Oh yes. So on our unique scale in the Force Fed Sci Fi podcast of wouldn't watch, would watch, would own, it would host a viewing party. What do you give to the sixth day, Sean? I would give it as a solid would watch. Enjoyed it. It was wasn't a bad action film, particularly when you think of modern action films. This talks about interesting things with cloning, morality. Characters are fun, digestible, entertaining. The action, while the scenes are a little bit too long, as we said, could have been trimmed up. They're still enticing. And honestly, the practical effects are awesome. And this is kind of like my first Arnold, like actual action Arnold film. So I just loved hearing the whole time. So absolutely, I would watch this again. Just wait until we pick Predator. Dude, I'm so pumped. So would watch for me. How about you, Chris? Well, I I agree with you. I'd call this film a would watch. But it's not on the same level as Schwarzenegger's other sci-fi films because he has been in some classics. Uh, but it does a good job of layering many themes like religion, science, and government together in a way that, like I mentioned, is reminiscent of RoboCop. I just would have liked if it leaned harder into those elements. However, most of the plot simply feels repetitive. The characters are cutouts, and they're just they're throwaway characters when all is said and done, really, in the very nature that they're killed and cloned and killed and cloned again repeatedly. We root for Adam simply by default because he's the main character thrown in this, you know, Titanic-like situation. And Drucker is just such an unlikable individual that we want him to die almost right when we meet him. Then he's killed and cloned and killed and cloned. So it's just going back to the whole character cutout thing. And Adam's family should be the anchor that grounds him for the film, but we don't see enough of them for that to actually happen. And they simply become a bargaining ship for the final act of the film. And it seems more like a generic Schwarzenegger film. And I don't feel like it would have made money if he were not involved in the project. But like I said, it's a it's a solid watch. It's enjoyable in some parts, but the parts are not greater than the whole. What about you, Jeremy? I would agree with both of you would watch um, some of the negatives on this film. Uh, we actually didn't mention it. I don't think this is a great performance by Schwarzenegger. I think it's one of his subpar performances. Um, I agree with you, Chris, that they leaned too much into the action. It would have been nice to uh, have a bit more of the uh, more in-depth themes explored a little bit. Despite that, though, I enjoyed the action scenes. Um, I actually, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed the... Uh, all the actors on the uh, villainous side, I think they all did a very good job. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I'd say a wood watch for this. Wow, we all agreed on a wood. This <laughs> is Consensus crazy. all around. <laughs> it's nice. Oh, yeah. So with all that in mind, let's pick our film for next time, shall we? Oh, yeah. We're going to enlist the help of our friendly random number generator AI, Major Samantha, and from our list of 118 movies, she has selected. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. 
Number 48. It is a film from 2009 directed by Duncan Jones and starring Sam Rockwell. It is Moon. I actually haven't seen this film, so I'm excited. I have, Oh, really? I thought you had seen it. Not yet. I'm excited. <laughs> I am too. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm looking forward to rewatching it. Yeah, and it's Sam Rockwell who's right. finally getting the respect he deserves in the acting community. Right. So sweet. So that'll be our film for next time. Please watch and enjoy with us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. It helps to drive us up the charts as well as help people like you find the show. We are across the spectrum of social media with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at ForceFed Sci-Fi. You can check out and download episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you find podcasts. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Finally, you can check out our website, ForceFedSciFi.com, for show notes and links to all of our social media. So for all of us at the ForceFed Sci-Fi team, we will see you next time. Force-fed sci-fi is written and hosted by Sean Culp and Chris Rupp. Website design, associate producer, and editing by Jeremy Kesky. Artwork designed by Mike Berger. Theme music composed and performed by Custom Anthem.